Hi, everyone. Welcome to Wharton Tech Talks. I'm Spandana. And I'm Cynthia. And we're the co-hosts for Wharton Tech Talks. Today, we're joined by Janice Opelbury, who has spent over a decade in digital product strategy and is the Director of Product and Growth at StitchFix. Before this, she was a senior PM on the customer and loyalty team at Abercrombie & Finch, where the program she worked on was recognized as one of America's best loyalty programs in 2022 by Newsweek. Prior to that, she held roles at Hilton. Janice, we're so thrilled to have you here on the podcast. Where are you calling us from? I'm calling in from Dallas, so excited to be here as well. Wonderful. To start, could you just share more about your career trajectory? What inspired you to build a career in product management and what led you specifically to the world of retail? Definitely. So my arrival to product management was very unexpected. That started before product management had very defined paths and courses for you to enter into. So I had a lot of my friends who were on the front end of the technology boom, and this was well over a decade ago. And I really just heard that they were doing fun things that I wanted to do as well. They were building things from the ground up in uncharted spaces. And so in the role that I was in at the time, I simply just raised my hand and I asked for more responsibility in this new space of product. And I actually had to go to my CEO at the time and explain what product was and find new ways that I could plug it in. So it was definitely in its infancy, but I think how I actually started my product career was simply by just raising my hand and being an open candidate to say, I'm willing to go there, learn, figure it out. And then from there, it led me into a lot of open doors. I spent a good deal of my time at Hilton, where I was focused on creating products and services, which is this multi-layered approach to product and really focusing on engagement. And then after that, several years, focused more on the pilot innovation side. And I think it was just really clear that I had this love for helping clients create their lifestyle, because that's really the heart of what I think most brands are trying to do, but especially retail. And so doubled down on that lifestyle curation piece. And I've grown into the role that I'm in now as the leader of growth at Stitch Fix. And it's been a really holistic and centric moment for me. You know, it's so great to hear that your, you know, just having a growth mindset helped you in your career trajectory quite a lot, which is pretty inspiring for all of us who are aspiring to a career like yours. My question is more around your current role at Stitch Fix. So for our listeners, can you just tell us what Stitch Fix and more about your specific role there? Definitely. So Stitch Fix is really an online personal styling and shopping service. So we're focused on transforming the way that people find what they love and then helping them look and feel their best selves. Everyone gets dressed every single day, and we want to help them feel amazing when they walk out the door. We were founded in 2011. And that's where we started our fix model. And what a fix is, is five pieces of clothing that are handpicked by a stylist for you. And this partnership between our stylist and then our algorithm sets, they really set us apart from traditional retailers. So they work in partnership across nearly 4 million clients, men's, women's, kids, and that's in connection with thousands of stylists. And so as a product leader at Stitch Fix, I'm focused on onboarding loyalty and engagement. And my role is essentially just to find new ways to bring new clients, delight them enough to stay loyal and be a client long-term with us. So this is from the moment that they hear about us from a brand and they're first figuring out what is Stitch Fix and what does this do for me? And then 
how we in turn kind of share about who we are for them, how we onboard them so that they have a good experience with us, and then how we get that information so that we can delight them, not just for that first interaction, but on an ongoing basis. So my responsibility is really across that full client journey. Yeah, I'm sure you have some incredible insights from there, and I'm really excited to hear more there. But before we get into the customer insights and data, now apparel is such an incredibly complex industry because consumers, they have different preferences for colors, style, materials, you name it. And, you know, you talked about having, you know, 4 million such customers. So that's a lot of variations you have going on. So how does Stitch Fix deliver a personalized styling experience at scale? That's a great question. So I think at the core of our business, like the critical understanding here is that we uniquely blend human touch from our expert stylists with the precision of advanced data science. And I think you'll see this theme as you kind of like interact with Stitch Fix. There's this beautiful harmony at all times between the two. And we take the time to really deeply understand our clients' unique individual needs. It is critically important, not only for Stitch Fix, but especially for my team. So we ask questions around size, fit, price range, and then we create really fun and engaging ways for you to tell us those things. So I think of it kind of in a stratified approach. So one of those being feedback. So at the core of what powers all of that personalization engine is the moments of interaction and engagement with the clients that provide rich and actionable insights. That's the key part is we want to be able to act on the things that we know about you. And it allows us to actually adapt to changing trends really quickly. So if we see that behaviors are changing, new trends are emerging, then we see them first and we can react the fastest. Then the second layer here, I think, is the engagement side, right? So billions of data points fuel innovation in our business and beyond to kind of make the products more personal for our clients. And so that's how we drive efficiencies in our business. And I think we have to think about how we action what we need in our business to be efficient and how we engage the client to actually interact and give us that information. So an example of this that I think makes this really clear and plain is something we call style shuffle. What this does is it actually gives us insights on what people like and what they don't like. That's really what it comes down to. And so we have more than 10 billion ratings to date from around a million people who come and play Style Shuffle every single month. And that's about a quarter of our current active base. Like that's really, really amazing. And so we take, it's really a data interaction that's happening and we've made the engagement layer really fun and powerful for the client. So I think those are the two pieces that really allow us to think about a really complex space, simplify it, and then deploy it at scale in the industry. 10 billion data points is a lot of data points. That is very phenomenal data. And it's a goldmine of data you're sitting on. So very exciting for sure. And you know, you talked about how one of your focus areas is using this data to improve the onboarding experience in particular. What are some initiatives you've launched to make the onboarding process more engaging and to keep bringing in new users onto the platform? Definitely. So 
really personalization and listening to our clients is really the core of what our onboarding team does, but also Stitch Fix is a core business. And so the world and our clients have changed tremendously in the last two years. And traditionally a sticky sector that was slow to move online, the pandemic really accelerated that across the board. And so we're seeing this once in a generation change of consumer behavior. And we had to do a lot of work to really understand new shopping preferences, motivations and needs. It was a unique season and time for all of our clients. So one major initiative that I've been really focused on is actually streamlining our onboarding experience. So recently we saw this opportunity where we could simplify our onboarding experience for a very select group of prospects who hadn't engaged with us for a while. And so we had this moment of, okay, a lot has changed for our clients or these prospects. A lot has changed for us as a business. And so as I mentioned before, like we're really focused on how do we ensure that everything that's changed over the last two years, that we understand where you are today because it's different and you might've gone full circle. You might be on a completely different path. So we created this really hyper-focused onboarding flow that didn't showcase all of the options under the sun that the client could act on, but rather we focused on what they should do next to meet their very specific needs. And this allowed our clients to be able to move through our onboarding journey with ease and with focus so that we could actually meet their needs really quickly. We created really personalized emails that were tailored. So when I say personalized, I think practically what this looks like is, you know, here's what we think you're going to like, or here's what we think your style is, or you're going to love this outfit that we've curated only for you. And again, this only is possible because we have that rich data set. And then as they would come through those channels, we shifted all of our onboarding landing experiences to focus on only what happens next, what the immediate next step is, rather than it being around, here's everything you can do at some point. So that simplicity, that focus was a massive win for our clients because it allowed them to just onboard faster and go directly to the service that they actually were there for. And then as well, it was a massive win for us as a business because we saw tremendous demand and growth just from that single change. Yeah, you know, it's very impressive that a small change in mindset like that could drive incredible growth for you. So definitely that's a great case study for us. And thanks so much for sharing that data point. And so now you have the customers in, you're onboarding them, that's growing. How about the second part of your job, which is around maintaining customer loyalty? So different retailers are taking a very different perspective on customer loyalty. Some have programs, some don't have programs. The programs are very different. How are you thinking about loyalty at Stitch Fix? Definitely. So we know that a great client experience is not the one that just gets you the cheapest to close fastest. And it's rather the ones that find you the clothes that fit you best, make you look your best and feel your best. They give you your time back. And so I think this is a philosophy that really differentiates how Stitch Fix thinks of loyalty. And at Stitch Fix, we've really built personal relationships with our clients for more than 10 years. And that is very different than kind of taking the program approach. So this depth of knowledge gives us this unmatched advantage, I would say, 
as retail transforms. So loyalty can be a program, but loyalty can also just be a strategy. And I really like that approach. So rather than taking this like either or, we really focus on the relationship so that our clients, as their client needs shift, and as our business evolves, the tactic is really pinned to the relationship. So how it's expressed can and probably should change over a decade plus. So something that I've personally been really inspired by is when I see messages from clients who share like how they love working with their stylist and they often share their name. I love working with, let's say, Sandy, and that their stylist really nailed their fix and that they can't wait for that next fix or that next moment with that stylist. And this is the heart of our loyalty strategy, particularly as a product team and what fuels what technology we build next. So as we look at expanding some of our offerings and algorithms to be more efficient, those things will always happen. We actually see that more opportunities for stylists to develop these like really deep human to human connections with our clients and for us to integrate their shopping or their styling experience into our services and then capitalize on that feedback. So I think all in all, loyalty is maybe not an either or of a program or not a program, but it has to be rooted in something that's deeply qualitative and deeply persistent in the engagement strategy and in all of the touch points. And for us, I think that's really connection and personalization for what we give you every day. Awesome. I totally agree with that. And I love how, you know, you sort of framed loyalty as not just a program, but more about an overarching strategy. The other strategy that you mentioned earlier that I thought was super interesting is this concept around focusing on just what happens next and simplifying the experience. So, you know, rather than building more from ground zero, I'd love to dig a little deeper around your product development f- philosophy of focusing on what you can simplify. Could you tell us a bit more about why you think that's the right thing to do and how do you apply that philosophy day-to-day as Stitch Fix? Yes. So no other retail is really doing what we're doing. And we want to make sure that we have that our evolved offering is clear to those who are interacting with us for the first time. So we think simplicity is just critical for us to really make sure that we're clear for people who are just learning about us. How we determined that this was the right approach for us was really by outlining our goals. So one, we want to ensure that any newcomers fully understand our offering. Then two, we want to clearly state our proposition before new clients are actually asked to commit. So we want to lead with that transparency. And then three, demonstrate that we get a prospect's unique style. We know that we had to provide clarity. We knew that we had to provide confidence and low friction. And ultimately, that led us to a more streamlined and simple first touch experience. I think as product managers, we often feel an excitement to always build new experiences from the ground up. Like it's exciting. It's usually what has brought many of us to the space is like we want to build incredible enriched experiences. And I share that sentiment, but what's most important is that we choose what we build next based on the needs of the client. And I think this was like one of those moments that we just said, hey, this is what the client needs and we're going to go after it and it's simplicity. So I think we have to maybe listen before we determine what we build, because sometimes it might not be what you expect, but ultimately, like I think it's a successful product development philosophy that listening is at the front end of your process and not at the back end of your process. I love that. I love the focus on listening. You mentioned that you know it's a unique approach at Stitch 
fix. What would your advice be for other product leaders that want more simplicity and focus? What types of team and prioritization processes should exist to support this product development philosophy? I'm a really big fan of what I consider to be a dual prioritization process. So the first, I think, is the common bedrock that you see across technology or product teams. So you need this like strong rhythm of ongoing improvements that just kind of usually what I see teams do is like an effort to impact matrix. You know, how much effort does it take? What is the estimated size of impact? And then determine what the opportunity size is. And you kind of stack rank from there across the business and client. But I think the second layer that's often missed is really centered around vision and having a North star. You have to know where you're going, where you're taking your client, what their needs of tomorrow are, and then build out from that. And I found that you can really quickly arrive to a place of excitement and enthusiasm and collaboration when you can articulate a clear and simple vision for your teams, for your organization. When it comes to prioritization, it begins to feel less of a trade-off of do we do this thing or do we do this other thing? And it becomes this daily incremental decision that all leads to the North Star. So my advice to product leaders would probably ensure that you have both of those, ensure that you have that bedrock of strong incremental rhythm, and then ensure that you have a really clear vision so everyone knows exactly where we're going over the accumulation of all the work that's being done over a longer period of time. Another element that I think really relates to this is learning and adjusting. So for example, we evaluated in 2023, our plans in the macroeconomic situation. I think many have done that over the last two years, probably a few times. And we've realized that we need to focus on fewer things so we can actually staff our major needle movers. And we had this renewed focus on positive client growth. And so focusing our business on net positive growth means reducing focus elsewhere. And that really helped us clarify our direction. So with key problems defined, we were able to organize ourselves at ACK. And then specifically by shifting capacity to focus on growth and consolidating focus on our core fixed experience. And so I think most product leaders are probably having these discussions that we probably all share. And I think that's the approach we have to take is learn and adjust ensure you have a strong incremental rhythm of improvement and don't lose track of your vision and your North Star because that's your directional read to actually get there. And that's really powerful advice for many of us who are aspiring to be, you know, working in the product field and, you know, many of our classmates are aspiring product managers. So this is great to hear from you. I just wanted to switch gears. And one of the things we read about was Stitch Fixes has been in innovating with new purchase models, and they in fact launched, you guys launched Freestyle last year. Could you tell us more about Freestyle and your expansion strategy there? Our vision at a macro level, kind of going back to what we just discussed, is really to be this global destination of personal shopping, style, and inspiration. So we want to meet all of our consumers' shopping needs. Freestyle is a complementary to our fix. So there are times where the client wants to be more involved in the shopping process or they're looking for something very specific and they turn to Freestyle and other times that they want a complete surprise and they want this like surprise delight moment from their stylist. So we see these two interactive or these two behavior paths. Stitch Fix Freestyle 
is a shopping experience built uniquely for each individual client. So anyone can discover and instantly buy things that are curated for them based on all of that feedback that I shared, the the fit, the preferences, the styles, the size, and it eliminates this endless scroll of traditional e-commerce, you know, where you've scrolled 48 times and you don't know when it ends. And so it really makes that shopping experience efficient and fun and convenient for you to browse and find something specific for you. Freestyle specifically really takes us a step closer to that vision of building an ecosystem of shopping. Our business has always been this like marriage of art and science. And alongside building freestyle, I think we're also thinking about like how we can expand high touch services and how we can offer clients these direct connections with the stylist and also more ways to actually deliver inspiration, coaching, and advice. So with freestyle, I think some things that are really unique to the freestyle ecosystem enrichment is search, for instance. So earlier this year, we launched search capabilities. And just as every client's and needs and preferences are different, each search experience is also different. So search results are not only based on relevance, but they're also based in hyper in real time, how it's personalized for you. So it looks at our real-time personalization platform, and then it filters to only show clients things that are in stock, that are real-time available to them, that match their style, match their fit, match their size. And this means that no set of search results in Freestyle or the same for those users. As well as we think about that search moment, another one of Stitch Fix's features that help clients is, is how we strategically place outfits. So personalized outfits in search really bring together the style inspiration for outfits and personalization and search. But when a client searches for an item, we can now display other shoppable outfits. And so it brings context to that moment. So when we think about freestyle and expansion, like, yes, it's this new interaction, but it's still rooted in the very thing that's made Stitch Fix so successful over the last decade, which is this harmony of the art and the science and how we can personalize uniquely for you, uniquely for another person in a completely different way. And so as we ship these unique experiences, that same ethos comes through in search, comes through in outfitting, comes through in freestyle and in fix. That's awesome. As someone who loves fashion myself very much, I'm very attracted by everything that you have said. I think one other question for you is, as you think about the future for Stitch Fix and the limitless opportunities that exist out there, what are you personally most excited about for Stitch Fix's future? And what role do you think technology will play in that future? Yes. So I think technology enriches everything. In the last 10 years, Stitch Fix really created a completely different way to shop. And in the last 18 months, I think we've gone on the offense and we're accelerating innovation across fix and freestyle. And now we're adding new ways to engage a broader client base, going back to, you know, kind of this idea of expansion. I think what I'm most excited about is probably how we're building that global destination. That is a really incredible vision that personally brings my enthusiasm into work every single day. And so in the short term, I think the vision is for direct buy and fixes to work seamlessly together. So we want clients to use our service in whatever way works best for them. Again, this goes back to what is best for you, your needs, 
your unique exposure to styling. And then I think in the longer term, we're really building a better way to shop that will change the retail paradigm and to become the blueprint for the industry to follow. So I think the vision around creating that global destination is what makes me most excited. But in terms of the role that I think technology plays is it's really the bedrock of everything that we do. And we try to make sure it harmonizes at every single touch point. And so I expect that technology is going to be a consistent or even persistent theme for even the future of what we do next. You know, many of our listeners are looking to pivot into a career in technology or are building up their career in technology. We've talked a lot about Stitch Fix, what the vision is, but we want to take a step back from, you know, your experience at Stitch Fix and more talk about, you know, for many of our listeners who are going through the recruitment process, we'd love to just pick your brain on what you look for when you're hiring and any advice you might have for those who are in the recruiting process now? Absolutely. So I would say the advice that I would give the advice that I would give my own self, you know, when I first started my career is you got to try everything. Sometimes, you know, I'll be on Twitter and I'll see something in this small wind of momentum and you can have this I don't know what we'll call it. Sometimes I'm not as quick to go and seek it out and find out what's under the hood. And I would say for anyone who's looking to either start or progress their career in product, your curiosity is a strength and you have to lean into it and you never know where that's going to lead you. And I think that is something that will serve you well, even if you're in a role and not looking to look for a next step, that curiosity is a strength that you have to lean into. You have to mature over time. So the advice that I would give my younger self, and I would say for anyone looking to kind of progress their career and product is where can you be most curious today and how do you really maximize that? And I think that's going to serve you really well. That is awesome. That is one piece of advice that I'm sure many of our listeners will remember for a long time. We'd love to actually now pivot and just ask you a couple of rapid fire style questions in our final fun Q&A section, if you're up for it. Definitely. Let's do it. All right, I can go first. How would you describe your fashion style in one word? Refined. Who is a world or industry leader you look up to? I really like Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's made the entire world see this simple beauty in something as complex as astrophysics. I really like him. I like him as well. What's one piece of advice you would give to your younger self beyond what we just talked about earlier? I would say sometimes we really want to have radical focus and specialization. And I think that's great. But I also think there's this undervalued, I think it's just generally undervalued, try a lot of things and try to be great at a lot of things. And I think when you have exposure to a broad set of experiences and skills and people and backgrounds and theories, you're actually stronger. You can make a better stake for yourself. That's great advice. What's a recent book that you read that you highly recommend? The Light We Carry by Michelle Obama. I think it's inspirational. It's so relevant. And whenever you just need a good pick-me-up, that is definitely the one where I go and read my highlighted quotes there. So highly recommend. Awesome. And, you know, we ask this final question to everyone who comes on our podcast. Are you ready for it? Let's do it. What is your boldest, most unique prediction that folks might feel is a moonshot about the retail industry, but that you believe will happen in the next five to 10 years? 
I'm going to answer in two parts, if that's allowed. <laughs> so I'll give you an immediate prediction and then maybe a longer range one. So e-commerce was meant to make shopping easier, but it really hasn't turned out that way. Like you scroll forever and you can't search and find what you want. There's no service, no personal touch, no curation. And I think consumers are just growing tired of the search-based infinite scroll that most e-commerce sites, 99% still offer. And so retailers will move toward browse and discover functionalities and probably away from search and filter. On a more bold and unique prediction for retail, I think we'll continue to see kind of this intangible feel for retail. I think it's going to be focused on sentiment and aesthetic and lifestyle flow on an individual basis and less around product, product, inventory management. So I almost see it like a hierarchy of needs. I think you're going to see the fidelity race to be more about these intangible things or like this multi-layering of value. And that's really tough because that means that it's hard to wrangle. It's hard to get a feel on. And it's probably why I think loyalty and having a close heartbeat with your clients are so important. So I think that we'll start to see this intangibility in retail mature in a way that's going to completely shake the way that we do retail today. I love that prediction. And I personally cannot wait for when the experience, you know, focuses more on the intangible and moves away, like you said, from the product, product, inventory, <laughs> checkout phase. So that's amazing. And, you know, thank you so much, Janice, for joining us today on the podcast. We were so thrilled to have you and it's been a great discussion. So thank you for your time. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate it. 